Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Amazing, great to see you all. You can grab a seat. Uh, massive hi from us. We just want to uh, honour pastors uh, Miles and Bonnie and your associate pastors Sanjeev and Jocelyn and the whole team here. Great to be here with you this morning. Um, if you haven't met us before, it's great to meet you. Uh, a bunch of old, when I say old faces, I mean people we know previously faces here this morning. So it's, it's great to have you. And uh, Rach, why don't you let us know what's happening in Mandra? Yes. So three and a half, just, well, nearly four years ago, we were sent from this location to go to Western Australia. Um, God put a call of God, um, on our hearts that we would go to build a healthy church over there and build INC in Western Australia um, a lot stronger. And um, we just want to say thank you to this church for sending us and allowing our family to go and four other people from this this location. It was Josh and Kristen and Jackie and Chris that went. And just to see what God is doing, because God is always ascending God. We look across the Bible from the New Testament and the Old Testament, God is always sending. In the New Testament, it talks about where he sent his son into this earth to um you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And then it goes on to say how he sent his son. And God is ascending He is always sending. He sent Jesus, he sent his Holy Spirit and he sends his church. When Christ left this earth, its shape just changed. Its shape changed to you and I. The mission has never changed and that is to reach people for Jesus Christ. And that's why we went to the West Coast to reach people for Jesus Christ. And God is constantly sending. He's sending you. It might not be to the West Coast. It might be here on this this side of Australia. We call you the East Coast. Doesn't matter whether you're in Queensland or in Victoria, you're just the East Coast to us now. So, um, but God is always sending and it's great to see what God is doing. When we first arrived in Mandra, we had 30 people on our list. A few of those people left because they didn't like our style or our music and that's okay because they found another home. But now we're seeing there's probably about 300 people on our list and it is exciting to see what God is doing. Um, across the course of the, um, the three years, we've We've had two quick fits. Who loves quick fits? Yes, we love quick fits. And um, we did an expansion in our auditorium only last year, didn't we? But we're ready for another expansion. It's exciting. Um, We have currently two kids' spaces, but we're ready to make our third kids' space. And I just love the salvations that are coming each week and the community. Our church is in a residential area. Um, You just, right next door, there's a house or there's houses here and the beach is just over there as well. But what I love is the community and I love on a Wednesdays we have our kids um, like community mums hub, toddler jam we call it. And mums and dads are just walking to church with their prams. Um, This week we had a holiday program and Kevin and Tanya are our kids directors and they're amazing. And they had 81 children from our community and church come for a colour run. Um, And that's what I love about the community and what God is doing. So thank you church for allowing us to go and sending us and I love elevation because it is the church and what God is doing on the west coast and what God is doing here on the east coast we celebrate that because this is our church and so thank you church for sending us I'm going to hand you back to Marty amazing so good 
So yeah, as, as Rach said, we want to we thank Miles and Bonnie for uh, their support and belief in us. We, we love Elevation. We love the sharing of resources. We love uh, Rowan doing uh, Zooms because he's the planning center guru uh, with, it, with our team to get stuff sorted out. We love texting Ben and Anna and saying, hey, we're doing this new song. Do you reckon you can send me the charts like in an hour? And, 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 it's, and it's like there. Uh, we love Anna's skills and creativity and design. And we love making it impact together uh, into the Solomon Islands as, as Elevation, there's strength, uh, like Ben shared so powerfully about the shields together, not only together in this local church, but right across uh, Elevation and then our wider denomination, INC as well. And so, so we want to thank you. It's, uh, it's so amazing to be here. I'll try and keep it together, but I was, um, you know, getting a bit, few specks in my eyes during worship um, earlier, but it's so good to be here and see the church alive and see those, those chairs finally out of here, praise God, and just, just see space. Uh, and, and all that God's doing, it's just, it's just phenomenal. And, you know, we, we, we spoke about giving already and uh, may, maybe you've, you know, recently joined Elevation, but I want to thank you because if you gave to Legacy 2018, I know it's like pre-pandemic, we don't really remember the, the, those years, but do you know what, if you, if you gave to Legacy 2018, you have sown into our church in Mandra on the West Coast and you are seeing the... Um, the sprout and the fruit of that seed come forth now. And, and, and you know, um, whether, you, whether you gave four years ago or whether you've given this year, it, it might not produce something right away. It might, might, you know, even be further than four years off or you maybe, you might never see it in your lifetime. It's not about instant rewards that make us feel better about ourselves, but it's about building His church, about building God's kingdom out, the eternal reward that we see. And so not only do we look back at the past in thankfulness and appreciation, but also we look forward to what's in front of us, and that is the vision that God's given us. And that's what this series uh, across Elevation has been all about. We've had this key scripture uh, from Habakkuk 2 verse 2. It says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. You know, my, my favorite definition of vision is that a vision is a clear picture of a preferred future. There's a clear picture that we see something clearly in front of us of a preferred future, that, that we have a vision for what God's going to do. And as Pastor Miles has preached over the last two weeks, our, our clear picture for elevation is healthy churches that multiply and bring transformation to their city, that, that, that communities, that, that suburbs, that schools, that universities are transformed because of a healthy, multiplying church. Our heart as elevation is always to be known in our city, not because of a name or a brand or some slick marketing campaign, but because we're filled with transformed people who transform their world, that, that, that people in the Hills District and beyond would be impacted by you by your generosity in your workplace, by your openness to the other parents at the school pickup when everyone's just about themselves and getting in and getting out. And I forgot what Sydney traffic was like and what Sydney drivers are like. I'm like, whoa, they're pushy around here and you've got to be faster. And you know, what's, we're, we're a bit more laid back on the West Coast, a few less people as, as well. But that people would be impacted by that transformation, that your integrity in business would speak about a transformed life through the power 
of Jesus Christ. And that the comment would be that, oh, they must be one of those elevation church people that a seemingly small act would impact someone's life to the point where they think, oh, maybe they're one of those Christians. I think they go to that, you know that, what's that Hoyle Avenue church called? You know that weird U-Bend thing and there's the smash cars out the front? You know, what's that? What's that? What's that? Come on, let's just be honest. What's that? what's that church called again? Oh, okay. But it's because of a transformed life. On, on the inside, that's our vision. Our vision is to multiply healthy local churches that transform our city. And we do this through our mission. Uh, ben already mentioned it about creating environments that inspire intimacy with Christ, relationship with others, and influence in our world. That, that, that we would know that everything flows out of that intimacy, out of that relationship with Jesus first and foremost. We don't do for God to try and get Him to love us. We are first loved by God. We're first accepted by Him. And out of that foundation, out of that, we find our strength, our identity, and our purpose in Him. And then out of that reality, we serve Him and others. Uh, uh, Pastor uh, Scott Saul says this. He says, A tree does not produce fruit, through exerting itself, it produces fruit by having its roots connected to that which sustains it. What sustains us? Our relationship with Christ, our relationship with Jesus. But, but we know we can't do it alone. We need others. And so as a church, we create environments through our foyer. We're jealous of how large your foyer is, but then we do have grass out the front of our church as well. But, you know, so it's a, you know, give, 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 give and take, but we create environments through our foyer, through our life groups, through the relationships, how we serve together that, that builds people together because you can't do life on your own. We need each other. We need each other to encourage us and to lift us up and to be there when we're going through a tough time. That's what church is about. It's about community moving together, about those shared experiences that we build those relationships with others. And we all have a call to whatever our world looks like, whatever it looks like for you, work, home, school, uni, sporting clubs, social groups, in Sydney, in Mandurah, in Melbourne, in, in the Gold Coast, in Cairns, wherever we are. And so, so today... I want to start the third part of our vision series, which is all about our values. Who are we as Elevation? What type of characteristics do we carry uh, as we journey on this path that God has called us to? You, you know, I, I don't know about you, but, but values are funny things because sometimes, I know this is true in my own life, there can be things that we say we value, but then our actions can sometimes say something different. Have, have you ever found that before? You know, we can say that we value healthy eating, but then there's burgers, there's Macca's Monopoly, there's Eljana, which is now in Balkham Hills, and we're like, whoa, this is amazing, and of course, we ran into Ellie Croft the, the, the first moment that we were here, we're at Eljana, you know, so we can say, true, first place we drove to in Sydney, we drove past our old house, then we had to recover because it's been gutted, and then we, um, and then, and then we, and then we went to Eljana in Balkham Hills, can you believe, it? anyway, sorry, just, just, just catching up. With everything, but we can, I don't know about you, we can say we value healthy eating maybe or exercise, but then sometimes our life doesn't necessarily say that. Maybe, maybe we can say that we value daily devotion in God's Word, but then our thumb is hovering over version app, social media, KO Sports. You know, where, where, where am I, I going to go? My thumb's going to dictate 
what my value is. We, we can value time with our kids, but then there's work deadlines, there's offers to go out with friends, maybe the, the golf course is calling you. But we have four key values at Elevation. They are who we are, but they are also who we are becoming. We haven't arrived, but what we do is through God's strengthening spirit, we live in a way that exemplifies these values. It's similar to this concept in theology that you may or may not be aware of that, that, that talks about that we are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. Let me just explain that for a second. We, we are saved, that is, that when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're, we're saved in that moment. We're saved from eternal separation with God. We're saved from the penalty of sin. It's paid for by our confession of faith in God. But also, we are being saved. That's the process which is sometimes called sanctification, whereby we allow God's Word and His Spirit to transform us each and every day more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And also, we will be saved that at the end of this age, when the earth is all wrapped up, and the kingdom of heaven fully comes, that we will spend eternity in perfect union with God in a new heavens and a new earth. That's, that's the promise for the whole of humanity. That's the promise for all our lives as we place our faith and our trust in Jesus. And so in, in, in that similar way, we have these four values at elevation. They're, they're, what, we, they're what we value but they're also what we aim for as well. They are who we are becoming. And so our four key values are this, that we're authentic, we're adventurous, we're fun, and we're spirit-led. But remember, we're also becoming authentic, adventurous, fun, and spirit-led. You may be thinking about a person thinking, hey, I know them, they're not becoming more fun. They're, they're, they're not... They're not. Fun has different definitions for different people. You know, accountants think numbers are fun in Excel, spreadsheets and all those sorts of things. Sorry, Lindsay. But, you know, other people think other things are fun as, as well. They're fun in their own way, okay? And, and maybe you're here and you think, maybe you're new and you're like, okay, um, shouldn't our values be like God, like the Bible, you know, humanity, divinity of Christ, you know, all those things. Now, of course, all those things are vital, and as a church, part of INC, we have a statement of faith that outlines all these. And we believe in the Nicene Creed and Apostles' Creed. Those things are foundational to any Christian church. But here's the deal. Our values are what make us distinct. See, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're not the only church in town. These four things are the things that make us distinct as elevation. You know, there's, 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 many, there's many great churches in Sydney. We, we don't claim to be the only one. Slight tip, if anyone claims to be the only one, they're a cult. Stay away. Just so, just, just so you know, just helping, helping you out there for a, for a second. But today what I want to do is I want to unpack the first two values and then my good friend, Pastor Bronson, is here next Sunday, which is going to be awesome. He's going to do the next two. And so today I want to talk about authenticity and adventure. What does it actually mean to be authentic and to be adventurous? 
You see, authenticity is a funny one because it can mean so many different things to, to different people. You, you may hear people saying, well, does that mean that we should just be you know, true to yourself and you have to be who you are on the inside? Is that, is that what we're talking about? Short answer is no, okay? That's called expressive individualism. And it says that my meaning and my purpose and my personhood is found by who I feel I am on the inside. That who I truly am is who I feel I am internally, regardless of biology or physiology or any other factors. But as followers of Jesus, we believe the opposite. We actually believe that purpose and meaning is not found by looking within, but purpose, meaning, and identity is found by looking outside of ourselves. If, if we wanted to sound fancy, we'd say it's transcendent, it's found from God, and that who we are as a person, our identity is a gift given by a loving creator. It's a gift given by God. So when we speak about authenticity as, as elevation, we're speaking about our personal private lives matching our public life. That who we are doesn't change depending on who is around us or what environment we're placed in. You see, Jesus' most stinging critique when he preached was for those Pharisees and teachers who said one thing but actually did another. Those who had a facade or, or a mask up pretending to be someone that they weren't. And, and Jesus does this through the whole of Matthew uh, chapter 23. He, he's just like shooting fire at them uh, about being like this. And so we're going to look at just a couple of verses. This is Matthew 23, verses 27 to 28. Should be on the screen behind me. And it says this, Jesus speaking. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You see, Jesus' critique of them is that they were all look, but no substance. That, that, that's not who we are as a church. That's not who we are becoming as individuals. We are individuals, we are people whose outside matches the inside. That our outward appearance matches our inward convictions. So, so you, you might be thinking, yeah, that sounds great. Sounds pretty Christian. I, I, I'm up for that. Let, let's go for it. How do we continue to develop this authenticity in our own life? How, how does this become a distinct trait of who we are? What, what's this road to the authentic life where our private matches the public? I, I, I'd like to give you a little tip. You can maybe, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's simply this. Is start with the unseen, not the seen. Start with the unseen, not the seen. You see, it's easy to look at current culture, you know, social media, image management with all the right angles, at the right prices, with the right filters, with the right face app portraits, you know, Photoshop, you know, Photoshop perfection and think, oh, wow, like this is, you know, what's, what's, what's going on here? Technology is really terrible. But in fact, it's not actually a technological problem. It's not a technological issue. It's a human issue. It's a, it's a heart issue. How do we know this? Because this is Jesus in Matthew 6, way before Instagram turned up. And this is what he says. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. 
for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites uh, who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Further down, same chapter, verse 16. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people would admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. You see, there's this disordered desire in all of us to project a certain image to others so that we can be seen and admired by our peers. And we, as we see from these verses that this desire can go so deep that it even infiltrates our spiritual practices like giving, like prayer, and like fasting. Uh, The message paraphrase uh, says it like this. It says, be especially careful when you're trying to do good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theatre, but the God who made you won't be applauding. How powerful, hey? So how do we continue? How how do we build this, this life of authenticity? in our church and in our own lives. I want to encourage you this morning. We build from the inside out. We build from the inside out. We start with what's unseen before we, you know, proclaim it to the world and proclaim it out to the seen world. We, we build our lives from the inside out. We start in secret before ever moving to the public. We pray prayers that no one else sees. We let God's Word speak to our hearts and then we don't post about it straight away or we maybe don't even tell everyone about our our greatest new revelation right away. Why? Because we are building a life of authenticity. We're building something deeper within before it ever goes outside to someone else. We don't just lift up our hands and, and sing on a Sunday in worship, but we take time in our personal lives to seek God through worship. You know, Spotify on, ears in, whatever it is, you know, you know, making it through Sydney traffic with, um, I don't know, instrumental Bethel on just so you can make it through, you know, what, 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 whatever it is. But we build our life internally before we let it go out. Psalm 119.11 says this, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, when it comes to this, this, this principle, this value of authenticity, what, what, what can you do today? What can you do this week, maybe this month, that builds your inner life, that that places you before God, maybe through something like prayer or worship or or fasting or giving or service, that those things aren't some like magic wand that changes. All they do is they place us before God and then His transforming power, His Spirit comes in and changes us from the inside out. But, But what is it for you? What's something that you can build into your life that no one else sees, but it builds a deep conviction and a deep intimacy 
with Christ beyond what's seen by anyone else. It starts in the unseen. It starts in our private world. So, so our first value is that we are authentic. Then our second value, number two, is this, is that we are adventurous. We're adventurous. Pastor and author, Owen uh, McManus says this. He says, to follow Jesus is to enter the unknown, relinquish security, and to exchange certainty for confidence in Him. You see, when we're talking about being adventurous, we're not talking about, you know, scaling mountains or necessarily moving to a new city or trying garlic snails or, you know, skydiving or or, or something like that. When we speak about adventure, we are speaking about placing our confidence, placing our faith and placing our trust in Jesus Christ. You see, the essence of following Jesus is leaving behind what we know to follow Him, leaving behind what is known to us and taking up the call of God to follow Him. You know, we see it as Jesus began to to gather His disciples. One of these examples is Matthew chapter 4. I'll read it for you, 18 to 22. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they had fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, Follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. You see, the call from Jesus to these disciples was to physically leave where they were, what they were doing, their family, and go on a journey with Him. I found in my journey of following Jesus, in my journey with Elevation, that God is always looking for a spirit of adventure. He's always looking for a spirit of uh, of trust, a faith that trusts in Him, but in different seasons and can look very different. You know, for Rachel and myself our, um, and our family, our, our journey with Elevation didn't start with some dramatic encounter with God. It didn't start with a light from heaven. It didn't start with a, a big booming voice from the Almighty. It began here in 2015 with a surprise re- resignation that took us off guard. Some, some of you were here at that time. And so the previous pastor of this church resigned. We'd been here on staff for for eight years previously and thought we knew what the future was going to look like. But suddenly, the future was different. We're becoming a, a, um, you know, a location of elevation. It's like, well, I like the U2 song, and you know, maybe this will this this will work out. All right, all right, let's 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 go for it. There, but there were plenty of unknowns, and maybe you've experienced something something similar. Maybe you thought your life or your career or your health or your business was heading maybe in one direction. However, then there was a turn, you know, hello COVID, you know, the whole entire planet, in fact. But the things that were certain or that you thought were certain were were no longer certain. We've realized over this last season that we thought we had control, but we don't have control. Let's let's, let's be honest. As human beings, we don't have control. There's so much more. But a value of adventure is one that prioritizes trusting God regardless of what the circumstances look like. It's called faith. 
It's called faith, Hebrews eleven six. 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So, so for each of myself in 2015, we become a part of elevation. And for us, it was the faith and the trust to stay. It was not knowing how it would all play out, and, and, but overall holding this deep faith in our hearts that this was where God had called us to. That no matter the circumstances, no matter the change, no, no, we have a spirit of adventure. And for us in that season, you know what the spirit of adventure said? It said, stay. It said, stay. It said, it's unknown, but stay anyway. It's unknown, but serve anyway. It's unknown, but you know what? We're going to be here because we know that God had called us here for that time. It's the, it's the serve God with whatever was placed in front of us. He knows through you know, several years of twists and turns and a whole bunch of uh, different things just changing going on, we started to feel God's leading, uh, confirmed by Pastors Ross and Kathy and Miles and Bonnie, to see elevation expand into WA. And so through our prayer and through conversations in about August uh, 2017, it was looking highly likely that we would transition an existing INC church that was in Mandarin, WA, uh, to become an elevation. However, suddenly when it looked like it was going one way, then that offer was not there anymore and the option was off the table. And we, we were devastated, honestly. We didn't know what to do. I, I was so unsure. Um, Rachel's the, like, the feisty one of our relationships. So I remember being in the, in the kitchen in our Winston Hills home and, and we got the news and she's like, well, we, can just, we should just go anyway. We should, we should just go anyway. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And, and then she's like, you need to go on a drive and you need to pray and you need to hear from God. I'm like, yes, I need to go on a drive. I need to pray and I need to hear from God. And so, you know, not to rub the whole beach thing in, but nowadays we walk along the beach. But then I just drove through the suburbs to, um, to hear from God. But I can still remember, I can still remember exactly where I was on Seven Hills Road in Balcombe Hills. I know the song. I know, you know, I love it. I know the song that was playing, Touch of Heaven, when I felt not, not an audible voice, but so clear and so strong, God just speak to me. Just a simple little question. And he just said, he said, will you trust me? Will you trust me? That was it. And, you know, I'm, not that it's all about this, but, you know, I'm getting the goosebumps and the everything now. Why? Because I know that was God speaking to my life. That was a spirit of faith. That was the invitation from God to trust him. You know, anyway, long story short, we said yes to going. Uh, we're just going to, we're just going to go. And uh, find a venue, and I remember ringing places, and I'm like, because this just doesn't click in WA. I'm like, hi, I'm from Sydney. I'm looking to hire a venue for a church that doesn't exist yet. What do you have on offer? They're like, what? What's, what's going on? So uh, I think it was October, November that year, I just decided, okay, I need to go for a couple of days, feet on the ground. And um, during that time, God had been speaking to uh, a pastor in Perth, waking, waking him up in the middle of the night, actually, while he was on holidays in Melbourne, saying that you need to transition this, this location of yours to, to Marty and Rachel that needs to become an elevation. Abs, ab, absolute miracle. But you know what it started with? It started with a trust and a faith in him. It started with a spirit of adventure, not in our own strength, but in a trusting 
of God. And now your story and your situation probably right now is, is very different to that. But I want to tell you this value of adventure is all about a trust and a faith in God that goes beyond what we can work out. Maybe the band can come and join me this morning. But it's, it's a spirit of faith and adventure that goes beyond what can work out in any certainty of this world. And I have found that this journey of adventure, faith of trusting God is more likely to be small steps of obedience than it is to be giant leaps of faith every time. So, so what's the next step in front of you? Come on, where we are people of adventure, we are people of faith. We're also people that are becoming more and more people of adventure and people of faith. So what's the step for you right now? Maybe you're here this morning and you're invited by a friend. You're not sure about this whole Jesus, God thing. And the step in front of you, if I could place it there, is to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour and commit your heart to the start of a journey with Him. Maybe we're going to give you a moment in just a minute or two to do that. Maybe that's the step of faith in front of you. Maybe the step in front of you is to do with your health. Maybe the reports are negative, but we serve a God who is faithful. And so instead of taking on worry and anxiety, the step of faith is to trust God, to trust God, no matter what the outcome may be, no matter whether it works out the way that we think it should work out, but we have a faith and a trust in God. Maybe the step for you, the, the, step of, the next step of adventure of, of trusting God is to leave behind some past hurt or unmet expectation to forgive. That doesn't nullify what's happened. That doesn't mean that what went on was right, but, it, but it's a step inspired by the Holy Spirit to forgive and to move forward in the future that God has for you. That could be heard in relationships, in family, maybe even heard in past church experience. The journey of adventure for you is to trust people again. You know, even just last night as I was finishing up prep, I believe there's some people like that here this morning. You've been hurt in church. There's been past church experiences. Who knows? Maybe it was here. Who knows? Maybe it was me. I apologize if it was. We try our best, but we make mistakes sometimes. But, what's, but, but I believe here there's people. And your next step is to go, you know what? I, I'm going to serve again. I'm not going to serve for serving sake. I'm not going to serve because I'm trying to work out my salvation or prove something to someone. But because of a spirit of forgiveness, because of a God doing something deep on the inside of my heart, I, I, I'm going to serve again, even though I've been hurt. I'm going to forgive even when it feels like it's so unfair. Maybe there's some leaders here. Actually, I, I feel this as well. With a ministry call from God over your life, but you don't want to risk it. Or maybe you have risked it and it didn't feel like it turned out the way you thought. Or maybe you're here and you don't feel like you could ever measure up to the task. I, I, I want to tell you lovingly, you won't. But with God and His strength and His Spirit, moving through your life in an obedience to trust Him, you can. You see, what is it for you, that, that journey of faith, that journey of adventure, that next step? What is it for you? Can we just bow our heads and pray in this place? We're going to pause for a moment and give people an opportunity to commit 
their life to Christ. Maybe you're here and you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ before. Maybe for you, the next step is that saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to His power and His strength over your life. Maybe, maybe you're watching online right now and your next step is to commit your life to Jesus Christ. In a moment, I'm gonna ask in this place if you'd like to make that decision, not to pull you out the front or embarrass you or anything like that, but just so we know who we're praying for. If you'd like to make that decision to follow Jesus, would you just lift your hand right now where you are? I'll see it. You can put it back down. Then we're gonna pray together. Maybe you've never made that decision before or maybe you've made it a while ago, but then there's something that's happened that has come to sever that, that relationship with Jesus. There's someone like that here this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, why don't you uh, say this prayer out loud. Repeat it after me. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning, I give my life to you. From this day forward, I'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna serve you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.